Ladies and gentlemen, we are broadcasting live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're at the Brick Lodge Theater. It's the very first episode of the Jim Crenn No Restrictions Podcast. We are going nationwide. We are going worldwide on the Sideshow Network. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? It's about to go down. How about a big hand for your host? He is your main man, ladies and gentlemen, Jim My people, welcome to Jim Crenn, no restrictions, on the Sideshow Network. <laughs> I love it. That's what this is about. It's, it's about imperfection. That's who I am. That's why you followed me for many years. I'm the role model for imperfection. I love that. You know, it's, it's we are, right? Were you, it's who we are. Hey. It's like I walked in earlier a couple hours ago. It's the Bricolage Theater, by the way. What a great theater, isn't it? Beautiful in the Cultural District of Pittsburgh. Broadcasting live from Pittsburgh, PA. Like I said earlier, no restrictions. Jim Crane, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Thank you, Sideshow Network, for having our show. It's been a long time off the air, I gotta tell you. Driving my wife crazy, just talking to my dogs and cats all day. They're talking back, exactly. You know I'm only two animals away from being on Animal Hoarders. You know me. You know me. Well, you know, it's funny. This is going coast to coast. We're actually all over the world. It's a podcast. So we're national. Yeah. And I'm a proud... I'm a proud Pittsburgher, man. I, you know, I was born and raised here. I'll never leave Pittsburgh. It's just, you know, and, and the people of Pittsburgh are amazing. It's family. They're family here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it's true. It, it's true. And that's why, you know, like with Lady Gaga has with the, the little monsters. I was just like backstage thinking, you know what? I got the little Jagoffs. I got the little Jagoffs. I'll be just like her emoting, you know. Thank you, my little Jagoffs. <laughs> We're in this together, my little Jagoffs. <laughs> I'm excited, very excited uh, you know, for this podcast. I'm so excited that I'm going to do the entire podcast talking like Daniel Day-Lewis and Lincoln. <laughs> entire show. Did you see the interview in 60 Minutes with Daniel Day-Lewis? He said that that was what he, he just never broke care. He's a you know, method actor. Just talked like that for nine months. Bullshit. Really? You walked around your house tonight, garbage night, honey. Ordering pizza. <laughs> Hello, Domino's. Half mushroom, half pepperoni, please. Miss... Sir Abraham Lincoln. That's, yeah, Lincoln. Fuck me, fuck you. <laughs> President of the United States. We have a fun show for you. We really do. Uh, I, and a lot of people, when they heard I was doing a podcast, they thought, great, he's going to be doing a show out of his basement. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> We're going to do it. This is one of our home bases, Brick, the beautiful Bricolage Theater, and, and, and also I was really lucky. Uh, I put together, uh, my, it was my chance to put together like 
an all-star team, I think. The people that I got, got to work with, people I want to work with, people that are just kind-hearted and really talented, uh, actually monster talents. Uh, you're going to find that out uh, shortly. And I'm going to bring those guys up in, 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 a, in a second, but those guys are, are Terry Jones, John Evans, and Mike Wysocki. And they're going to be... That's the gang. That's right. That's, that's our guys, man. We're going to bring those. We're going to bring them out right after a word from one of our sponsors from De, of Depends. Are you aging gracefully? No one's aging more gracefully than George Clooney. That's why when choosing an adult diaper, George Clooney chooses Depends. Have you ever been talking to a supermodel and accidentally taking a dump in your pants? Well, I know I have, with confidence, because I wear Depends adult diapers. Like many other adult diapers, Depends won't blow out and leave you standing in a puddle of your own feces and sexy old man urine. The next time you have a perfect storm in your pants, use Depends. You'll enjoy changing your adult diaper as much as I enjoy changing my next girlfriend. That's George Clooney for Depends. With each box of Depends, you buy a portion. The proceeds go to George's Save Matt Damon and Don Cheadle from Going Another Ocean's Movie Foundation. All right, let's bring out, let's bring out the cast here. And I, I, I told you, we got an all-star. This first gentleman I, I want to bring out, I, I met in June, and I got to tell you, he is one of the most talented young men I've ever, you know, witnessed and perform on stage. Really, he blew me away. It was amazing, and uh, just one of the kindest people I've ever met, too. Let's welcome Terry Jones. Yeah. Terry. Speaking of good people, talking about loyal people and uh, brilliant comedians, this guy is a bona fide headliner all over the country. He was on Last Comic Standing at all, you know, many different shows. But just a great talent, a, a guy I'm proud to call friend, John Evans. Here for Johnny. Get over here. <laughs> I like it. You did the Vegas hug, Johnny. And last but not least, uh, w one of my closest friends and. I'm his biggest fan, one of the great writers and comedians to ever come out of Pittsburgh, really. Mike Wysocki, with the show. I know, we, we just got just a, a, a great, I know, it's, people just yell out Mike all the time. Every time we're together. Used to it. Especially in a bus station. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mike, you have my pass! <laughs> Stop yes. touching me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's funny how we all met. I was saying, you know, Terry and I met. We did a uh, charity event. I didn't know him yet. We were doing it through. We happened to have a mutual friend who needed help. Yep. And we did a, you know, show. A bunch of comedians were there jumping up, doing like 10 minutes each and stuff. And I'm watching Terry, man, just rip the audience away, doing like Sam Jackson and, you know, Eddie Murphy impressions, just killing it. Hulk Hogan. It was just I was crying, <laughs> crying, man. It's, yeah, I might make you do that a little bit later, Hulk. But, oh, I'll do it. So, but uh, Terry, <laughs> it, 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 it's so funny how stories are, huh, Terry? Because, uh, you know, we started doing shows together yep. through the summer in, on the outskirts of Pittsburgh and, you know, different places, maybe an hour out, out, away. And it's just funny how stories 
change, you know, from one minute to another yeah. on how we met. So it, it, it actually turned into the blind side. The, the blind side of comedy is what we're called. <laughs> um, for those of y'all that don't no know, yeah. yeah, what happened was, uh, I'll tell you two stories on how we met. Uh, we were doing a show in uh, Buttfuck, Pennsylvania. I don't know, somewhere, uh, out nowhere, where Southeast, black people ain't southeast allowed. Southeast of Scranton. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they even had white sheets on the table. I was like, could you not have white sheets on the table? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I know you don't have black people in this area. Um, so, you know, we're sitting there. I was afraid I'd have spray tan. Yeah, yeah, and he was there. So <laughs> I was afraid. They was like, he looks like one of the mixed ones. He might be an Obama. Yeah. Yeah, he might be one of those. That, that's what it felt like, but uh, no, we, we go there and this lady, she, she comes up to me and she's dead serious and she goes, oh my God, it's great what Jimmy's doing for you. And I was like, oh, thank you. I think it's really nice too. She's like, no, it's really nice what Jimmy's doing for you. I was like, okay, wait, what was wait now, 10 minutes, 15 minutes earlier, I just said, oh, we met at a charity event. We've been hanging out. We're buddies. That's all I said. And she got this out of me. And she goes, I understand that he's taking you into his house. And I was like, wait a second, this story done just got weird. Like, at what point in time? And she goes, look, I heard that Jimmy saw you walking down the street in the hood, and he saw you talking to yourself in impressions and said, this kid has talent. I'm going to take him, and I'm going to make him one of the greatest ever in America. Because I, I gravitate to people talking to themselves. <laughs> yeah, like at what, at what point in time do you see someone just talking to themselves and you go, this kid is a genius. He's, he's, he's not fucking crazy. He's a genius. Yes, he's yes, absolutely get, amazing. Get in, schizo, get in my car now. <laughs> Come on. He's talking You're to me like it. Sandra Bullock at this point. He's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Terry, this is a microphone. You block it, Terry. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I tell jokes. Yes, ma'am. So, so then, so after that, there's a, there's a second story that I, I couldn't tell on uh, TV because, right. uh, you know, this is crazy. Um, so this guy <laughs> comes up to me and Jimmy, and he's a big fan of Jimmy. He goes, you know, I love Ralph the Cat, and I love everything you do, Jimmy. Everything about you is just amazing. And he was a handicapped guy, and, you know, I was like, okay. I, and he goes, uh, hey, can I tell you a, a black joke? I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, look, man, I know where this is going already. Uh, no go, I was like, go ahead, just, just tell it. And Jimmy has walked away at this point. He goes, why can't Stevie Wonder read? I was like, because uh, he's blind. He goes, no, because he's black. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, man, that, that ain't even funny. That's racist, dude. Like, like at, at what point in time do you think this shit's funny? That's, that's, that was racist. So then he walks away, and I have DVDs set after shows. We, you know, uh, like, like a hooker, I sell myself after shows. Um, but I have DVDs set. And the guy walks by and takes a DVD while two of our friends are standing there watching my DVDs. And they go, hey, that was really nice you gave that kid a DVD. I said, I didn't. He's racist, dude. Like, he, he stole my shit. That was racist as hell. He just told me a racist joke. You going to let him take that? I, I, I didn't realize it was, it was trauma. Every, every other show, it's like that you get in the car, you're like Jodie Foster and the accused. Are you right, Terry? I'm all right. Talk to you later, Jimmy. My one buddy says that he's probably like Kevin Spacey and Usual Suspects. Like, he dropped the cane and walked away normal. Like, I always wanted to tell that racist joke. Yes. I finally did it. I tricked them. Made them think I was handicapped. I'm a genius. Uh, it, it has been fun, man. And just, just starting. First podcast here. It's an honor to be with you, bud. For oh, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of this. And, Jimmy, you're the best, man. Thanks, brother. And I, and I, I got... Thank you. Now, John, John Evans was next to talk how we kind of met and stuff. Now, John is, 
If Ralph the cat were a human being. <laughs> well played, well played. Right? Lovable shits in a box and it's high a little bit. <laughs> you know, you gotta hang out with Johnny. Yeah. He's a good guy, man. He's one of the great stand-up comics around the country. Great reputation, incredible, actually. He came through town. We just got to know each other and Johnny. When I moved here, I was so weird about comedy. I'd done comedy for 15 years. And uh, I was like a little burnt out on it. So I, w I met this girl and I moved here and I opened up a vintage store in uh, Homestead, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, where were you I, guys? I, I didn't have the heart to tell him where when he broke that yeah. to me. Nobody. <laughs> that was a fucking dud right from the I was start. Like, <laughs> she goes, what do you think? Homestead, vintage. Oh, Johnny, great. I'd be like, let me, get on that. let me get in on that shit. Like, oh, so no? <laughs> so don't. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and I realized that I, I, the candy store in my apartment building was a front for selling drugs, and I found out, <laughs> in a, like, I was leaving my apartment one day, and some shit was going down in front of the candy store between the candy store owner and one of his customers, as it were. <laughs> and when I was leaving, I was walking out, and the guy was like, this is what he said to the guy who owned the candy store. I'm not making this up. Homestead 8th and Amity. Walking out, you know the area. This guy goes, he was like, you a bitch, man. You a little bitch. And the candy store owner was so cool. He was like, move along, young buck. That's all he said. He just kept saying, move along, young buck. And the guy was like, no, you a bitch, man. I'm in this game. I got a Uzi. So either it is Time a to front for selling drugs or I witnessed the most heated argument about gummy bears <laughs> in the history it's like, welcome to Pittsburgh. All this can be yours if yeah. the price is right. That's, you, that's why you're Ralph the Cat, man. You can tell a story. It sounds, it's, so, oh, it's so normal. It makes a right turn, like a right hook. Like, and it was an Uzi. And, and then boom. There's drugs. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, be, we benefit because you're a Pittsburgh now, bud. So. These Sour Patch kids ain't even sour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, and, and last but not least, uh, this comedian, we, this, you know, Mike, Mike Wysocki, who a lot of people don't know. Yeah. A lot of people don't know I bought him on Amazon.com. <laughs> he came in a box, little air holes. With a bus pass. Really... Yeah, he grows. Mm -hmm. He grows. He's almost three. He was started almost that size. He grew the last year or so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, Mike is just one of the most brilliant comedians, I think, one of the most brilliant writers and performers. And, you know, Mike, it was kind of cool that, you know, you joined in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very glad to be part of it. And I get to fucking swear. <laughs> I know. We're just forcing it. We don't even care. Yeah, just have a fucking great day. It's, it's no restrictions after you know, all these that's years right, on the radio, right. man. It's great. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Terry. Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna have uh, a Mike has always had, and I've known this because off the air we'd laugh. I'd laugh with him. He has he we already know he's twisted like us, but he's got this <laughs> twisted yeah. sports kind of sensibilities. He you know really knows his sports inside and out. So I thought it'd be a great feature for this podcast to have Twisted Sports with Mike Wysocki as a regular feature. All right. Okay. All right. start it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike. Here's my sports report. 
It's March Madness in Pittsburgh, and it has nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> it's the only month of the year we are foolishly optimistic about the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> I know. There are 120 professional teams in the four major sports, but none of those fans have had to endure a 20-consecutive-year losing streak. Never in the history of professional sports. It's like being a parent of a 38-year-old who still lives in your house. He peaked in high school in 1992 and has been a loser ever since. You keep thinking he's going to get his act together. You get tired of giving him money. And you really only love him because he's yours and you're stuck with him. And the Pirates have not been relevant since Dan Quayle, Gina Davis, and Two Live Crew were relevant. Ever since Barry Bonds took his then-normal-sized head and testicles to San Francisco. But when did this curse begin? In the past years, here's some examples. The Pirates signed Ramon Martinez, once a very good starting pitcher. Rather than play for the Pirates, he quit the only thing he knew how to do in his life and retired during a game <laughs> instead of playing for the Pirates. Then they signed Derek Bell, a 300 lifetime hitter who during spring training decided, fuck it, I'm taking my multi-million dollar bonus and living on a yacht. That's right. <laughs> Just last year, they signed former World Series champion pitcher A.J. Burnett. His first day in a buck uniform, he breaks the orbital bone in his eye, learning how to bunt. Welcome to Pittsburgh, A.J. <laughs> And just this season, Francisco Liriano, a once outstanding starting pitcher, agreed to a two-year, $14 million contract to come here. But in between the time he agrees to the contract and officially signs the contract, he falls in his tub and injures his arm. <laughs> the Pirates then offer him a new contract for two years at $12 million, a $2 million fall. He is officially a pirate. <laughs> And the only times the Pirates have gotten national press coverage since 92 was Steven Strasburg striking out 14 Pirates in his first Major League start and the time a bench player hit a sausage mascot with a bat. That's it. That's the only time they've been on national TV. Now, it's tough. PNC Park, at least we have that in the 38 special concerts. <laughs> <laughs> it's already, it starts its 13th year, 13th season this year. And listen to the list of Pirates starting pitchers that have started. Todd Ritchie, Ron Ballone, Chris Benson, Kip Wells, Oliver Perez, Zach Duke, Ian Snell, Paul Mohallam, Kevin Correa, and Eric Bedard. A virtual who's nobody in the history of baseball. Just like the cast of 90210, no one's gone on to do anything. <laughs> I've seen more winners in a methadone clinic. <laughs> Just bad luck. The Pirates once had a third base coach named Rusty Kuntz. His last name was spelled K-U-N-T-Z. <laughs> so his whole life he had to keep saying, no, it's Kuntz, it's Kuntz, it's Kuntz. But Jimmy, this is an ongoing investigation as to where the curse began, and we'll get to the bottom of it. Also coming up, the NFL draft, the Steelers draft 17th this year. And all the talk this year isn't who's going where, it's who likes to put where what. 
Rampant speculation of Notre Dame's Manti Teo and the possibility that he's light in the cleats seems <laughs> to be the only thing people are talking about. So usually in the draft, you're talking about, you know, who the Bears might pick. But in this year's draft, we're talking about who might like to fuck a bear. <laughs> Man, Mike, so, you're liberally it. using that word bear. Yeah, I know. Nice. Mike Wysocki. Thank you. you know. Thanks, man. Job, Mikey. You know, it's funny you bring up Teo, and you think about it. Teo would be great in a Steeler uniform. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Pittsburgh's one of the only towns where we'd welcome him because he's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Uh -huh. and we all have a relative like him, right? When he had the imaginary girlfriend, didn't all of us look at the TV and go, uh, yeah, Teo. My Uncle Chippy has an imaginary girlfriend. <laughs> We'd walk him. We'd walk up to him in a restaurant. But, hey, Tay, I used to play down at community college, Northside University. <laughs> Till my knee got all fucked up. And <laughs> I got. I had an imaginary girlfriend. It's, it'd break your heart. <laughs> they break your heart. People know. I understand. You understand. We should get together, hang out, and talk. Or don't tell the old lady whenever you really get married. The real girl. <laughs> Because she'll put her imaginary foot up your ass. <laughs> Think you're thinking about it. It's true. It's Good true. old Monty Teo, man. You know what? When they finally said who did it, they mm -hmm. said it was a guy that was a mastermind behind it, and he even did the voice while talking to him on the phone. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing I could think of was just like, I pray to God he didn't have phone sex with this dude. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's what's going on in my head. I was like, if he had phone you know sex, did, that's Karen. sad, man. You should probably say no homo after that. But <laughs> that's about the only thing, yeah. yeah. Terry, it was the worst, like, like voice. I don't know if you saw the Dr. Phil thing. I, wa I watch it because I watch all the highbrow television. But Dr. Phil's like, you know, he's with the guy who did the voice. He goes, you, did you do the voice? And he's like, yeah, I did the voice. <laughs> <laughs> you, could you do the voice right now? He goes, no, nah, I can't. I, I'm, I'm too shy. Right now. <laughs> so he finally did it. It, was, it sounded like some, I don't know what it sounded like. Hello, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think tail. the scarier thing is the Steelers drafting a linebacker that ran a 4-8, 40-yard dash. Like Johnny. No, I mean, I, if, I have to go, if I have to go, yeah, nuts and bolts on four, you guys, eight, 40, I mean, at. you've got Lyman out of SMU running a 4-6, 40-yard dash, and you've got this guy. How many great Samoan <laughs> linebackers do you remember? <laughs> like, I, I, truly, like, I want to I wanna draft, like, the hardest brother out of, like, Florida A&M Wetlands University, yeah. someplace I've never heard of before. <laughs> How many yeah. times did you think of the combine? Hey, you got an imaginary piano on your back. Great <laughs> party. Yeah, man. Just, the, just a long list of overrated Notre Dame prospects that go with I, Rick I Meyer yeah, and uh, Chris Zorich. You know, Zorich. isn't it crazy that we actually <laughs> Brett Clausen? We, we actually we actually talk about the draft even you know, and we're talking football now. Super Bowl just ended, which was painful because you know. Ravens, if you're a 49ers fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> one guy this, there's one guy at this table that drank so much whiskey that night that was like, this is not going to end well. And then it almost ended well. And I was like, well, I'm already drunk. <laughs> so 
<laughs> Kaepernick's young, bright future. I grew up in Northern California, so like so I said, you, you I'm a transplant. Yeah, I got to follow yeah. my team. And but you already know it's but if there's Steelers. any Steelers people out here that wanted the Ravens to win that, that is the most misguided. Because people were like, I don't there want the Niners to tie the Steelers. Fuck that. You want the Ravens to win a Super Bowl? No, you no want, one like, I knew. No. No one I knew, John. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Unacceptable. Nah, nah. That's, that, that, that wouldn't happen. That would not happen. Where were you when I was all hammered <laughs> and angry? See, you got us all fired up, Mikey, with that sports, man. Hey, how about a, a quick word, break here? Word from our sponsor. We're going to come back with our guest, Rob Rogers, next. Need an attorney? Choose Freeman and Freeman, attorneys at law. I'm Morgan Freeman. And I'm Morgan Freeman. And, and we're, we're both Freeman, Freeman and Freeman, Freeman attorneys, attorneys at, at law. law. And we're, and we're both, both Freeman, Freeman and Freeman, Freeman attorneys at law. Have you been in an accident lately? Slipped and fell in your rich friend's driveway? Myself and my partner, Morgan Freeman, will be there to assist you. That's right, Morgan. Have you visited an Asian rub and tug, paid for yum yum, and didn't get yum yum even though you paid for it? Oh, I've been there. Believe me, paying for yum yum and not getting yum yum is no joke. That's why you need Freeman and Freeman attorneys at law. Remember, we don't get paid until you get paid, then we get laid. Now, Mr. Wayne, if you get in a car accident, your rental car will come in black. But boy, if you're popping them, you might as well jump off that building right now. Go on, jump. You're going to be dead in the year anyway. That's Freeman and Freeman, attorneys at law. Call today. One of our sponsors. Freeman and Freeman. It's Jim Cran, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Our, our first guest that we're going to bring up to our show, this is a friend of mine, you know, for many years. He's a, he's a brilliant uh, cartoonist. And I, I love car, you know, cartoonists from, from far side to whatever, but, but uh, this next gentleman is, is on the Post-Gazette, but he's also syndicated in New York Times and many other publications. He's a Pulitzer Prize nominee. He's a Pittsburgh kind of guy and a guy I'm proud to call friend. Rob Rogers is here. Rob, come on up, buddy. You know, it, it's funny, uh, for those listening outside of Pittsburgh, our mayor has decided not to run again uh, in his election because of his, he said, pressures. And I think the pressures are all Rob Rogers. <laughs> uh, I like was, to think that. Yeah. It, was, it all started with Rob, <laughs> with his cartoons, your illustrations in the Post-Gazette. You just, just took it. Took it yeah, stole. well, when he first got elected, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because he's, he's our second novelty mayor. Uh, the first one was Sophie, of course, because, you know, <laughs> Caligiri you passed much. away and she got, she was sort of just, you know, ushered into office. I don't think she really expected to be mayor either. Um, but what? But when? But when Lukey was in there, uh, <laughs> you know, huh? I told you he's was, so cute. Yeah, he's so cute. Yeah, but you know, immediately, you know, I'm thinking, wow, this guy is so young. So I, I thought, well, how can I? How can I really describe this guy and and what he's up against? And, and so I thought, you know, he's kind of like 
you know, just a kid. He's like a little kid. So I, so I exaggerated that because that's what cartooning is all about. You exaggerate. So I started drawing him as this six-year-old kid in a little... In a little <laughs> he's in a got a, little, he's got a slingshot in his back yeah. pocket. <laughs> right. Well, he kind of he does, yeah. And, and actually, so, so the first cartoon that I'm working on, I do a strip called Brood on Grant, which is, uh, is, takes place in a diner. Thank you. Well, for those, for those not familiar, Grant Street is where all the Pittsburgh politics place, takes place. That's where the mayor's office is. So, so it's called Brood on Grant. And, and the politicians come into the diner and they talk with the waitress. So, so I figure, I was trying to think of, you know, okay, he's going to come into the diner, and, but he's too young to drink coffee. You know, so I can't, <laughs> so I can't, I can't really put a cup of coffee in front of him, you know. So, so I thought, well, you know, I'm trying to think. So I put one of those little milk cartons, you know, like you got when you were, you, you know, when you were in, in school. And, uh, and so then I go to lunch, and, and I'm, you know, thinking about the cartoon, mulling it over, figure, you know, I have it penciled in. And I'm, and I'm at lunch, and I, and I finish lunch, and I go to a coffee shop on my way back to the office. And, and, uh, and I'm going into the coffee shop, and there's a woman coming in with a stroller. And so I hold the door for her, and she wheels her little boy in and says, would you like your juice box now or do you want it later? And then it was like, bing. <laughs> and so I rushed back and, and started sketch. I erased the milk carton and I drew a juice box and it's, it's been like the most popular thing about the strip. You know. That kid was <laughs> the know, death of Ravenstall. Yeah. You pissed him off, right? <laughs> no, you know, it, it's fine. I like uh, Luke. I think he's a fine mayor. And it's funny that, you know, we have to make fun of who's ever in office it's part of the gig right so right. that's what that, you have to do that's yeah it's our job that's it? definitely part of it um, hey, how is ever they ever get like pissed off at you ever like come out you and say you know i was uh, i was on a <laughs> panel with him once and and he said that you know at first it really bugged him you know the media coverage and, and apparently it still does <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but at the <laughs> But at the time, at the time, you know, we're just a bunch of meanies, you know, that's what it is. But at the time... You are, at, Rob Roger. <laughs> at, the, at the time, he said, you know, he said, well, but, you know, I, at first it bothered me, but now I realize it, it kind of goes with the territory. So he, he sort of said, you know, he sort of said, I like Rob's cartoons, but it was sort of like, you could tell he was just like <laughs> gritting his teeth. He was trying to be, you know, very politic about it. But so anyway, when he, you know, with this whole scandal that happened... Um, not a scandal, but the whole police thing that's been going on and, 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 the, and the story about his bodyguards. Mm -hmm. You know, when he got up there to, to say he was no longer going to do it, the, the first cartoon I drew, um, I think we have a picture of it for the audience, uh, I drew his bodyguards sort of all standing around and one of them saying, uh, <laughs> big wheel down, I repeat, big wheel down. <laughs> And the big wheel's and, uh, upside down, it is. And, and it's sort of, you know, the, the big wheel's turned over and, and the vote Luke 2013, so, so he's no longer running. So for, once, for you, once you label, that's it, man, because it's right. like 32 or 34, whatever he is. He's still, that's right. People is, ask me, you know, is he going to grow up no. as mayor? And I said, well, ask him, you know? I mean, I don't know if he's going to grow up. So apparently, apparently not. But uh, no, I figure, you know, like, you know, that's kind of a, a device that, that, that cartoonists use. You know, mm -hmm. the Dennis the Menace never grew up, you know, and he stayed the same age. <laughs> Charlie Brown never grew up, you know. You're a, you're a Pulitzer Prize nominee. Uh, a finalist is what it is, because anybody can be nominated. How <laughs> so surprised I am. Like, you know, like, anybody can be nominated. Shit. But no, I was, yeah, back in. Uh, 
Ah, you're so talented. I should I shouldn't have been surprised. What I'm trying to, you know, Rob. It's it's nice to know uh, artists are just like comedians. People say you were a finalist on Last Comic Stand. A semi. Let's <laughs> not. I don't want to get weird. Yeah. Let's not get weird. Semi. Honorable mention. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, I was honored. You it's know, pretty cool, but, uh, man. Well, you know, that's what you, you don't only you know, do your your illustrations on local politicians, but world. You know, everybody, everything going on in the world. Sure, presidents. Sure. Uh, pre we just found out uh, Hugo Chavez. He died, and the reason we wanted to bring him up uh, was because of the story I read today, where they said the Venezuelan government said that they, the United States government, gave Hugo Chavez uh, cancer. With a secret weapon, yeah, that right. we developed for <laughs> to do this. Like, like President Obama was in a war room going, um, is the cancer bomb ready yet? <laughs> Can we put it in a drone? Uh, uh, yeah. Unleash uh, Unleash uh, go, go get him. Go, we go can put him. it in a smoothie. <laughs> can't put it in a drone. I mean, how do you even... That's so... I can't believe... He loves smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? How do you even... You know, they, they actually said they're putting a committee together. Right. To research this, what Mo, Mo, Larry, and Curly? Who would be the committee? Uh, what's uh, yeah? Science. They actually use the word scientist. It sounds I, like I a Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, doesn't it? It like, does. Yeah. Like, like just we're coming soon. We're gonna kill this guy with but radiation. very slowly. <laughs> radiation cookies. <laughs> we have to Watch him go through chemo. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> We're going to kill him. <laughs> so what did you just say? <laughs> That's it. Arnold was the one that killed him with his voice. It was Arnold the whole time. He's the secret. He's right watching there. a bunch of Arnold movies on Redbox. <laughs> but, but, but of course, in his repertoire, you do have some uh, stuff. Yeah, and I, I drew a cartoon about, I haven't done one on, on this story, but I did yeah. one on Chavez uh, back when, in 2006, when he was at the UN. Do you remember this? And he said, yes. He said that uh, that he smelled the devil. The devil had been there the day before, and uh, <laughs> and he still smelled the sulfur. And that was, of it course, was just George. Hot he was referring to George was, W. Was, yeah, he was referring to George W. Bush. And so I did a cartoon where where he's saying, "I still smell the sulfur," and um, uh, and and not, not this one. This is a this is okay. still on the on the mayor. But uh, but he's saying he's saying that you know uh, he still smelled the sulfur. And then Bush is there saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was my Mideast policy. It's it smells a little bit." <laughs> so I thought, yeah. I know, first thing I thought when he said about the suits, they wrote about that today. About oh yeah, the salt. yeah. First thing I could just I could just see GW man in the audience going, yeah. "That's right, I farted <laughs> in your face, you go." <laughs> See, I can't do that in a cartoon, though. You know, I wish I could. You know, that, that's as close as I could come. Well, it's brilliant. It's yeah, brilliant, and, and in fact, since we're on no restrictions here, I yes. think what I want to say now is star pound sign asterisk exclamation point. That's yes. Oh man. That's cartoon. What I'm cartoon about. cursing. Hashtag that cartoon shit. Cursing. Yes. Hashtag. Hashtag. That or hashtag. Shit. Yeah. Well, pound sign. Ha pound sign. Hashtag. Same I like. Thing. I like. Anyway. Well, you know, Travis. He. he Evil dictator kind of thing, right? No old deal. And it's so wild, man. I'm reading also in an article. They said they had actually people. He, this guy died, and, and, they, and the people were, like, cheering. Like, it was happy. That died. <laughs> I'm like, that's odd. It's a, even though he's evil, it's a weird thing to, to see. And they said the only guy, the guy who was sad, believe it or not, was Sean Penn. 
<laughs> he was friends. Then they find it weird that Sean Penn, like, with it, they have, like, you know, did other actors console him, like Paul Giamatti or something? Like, Don't worry, there'll be other evil dictators out there. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Well, well the, thing about, the, the thing about Chavez was actually Chavez was actually a compassionate dictator. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Compassionate conservatism. I will you know. kill you with sponges. Uh, yeah. I, well, he said, he said, I will, I will, I will kill your family, but, but first I'll give them heating oil. You know, I mean, because <laughs> which he was, is nice. Because he, he actually turned all the oil, you know, that all these companies were making money on, and turned it over to the state and helped and helped the people. So it was actually, you know, he was actually a good guy on some things. But then he would like shut down the newspapers and jail people for, for you know, freedom of speech and stuff like that. Yeah, so, the shitty so side. So he was sort of, you know, he was, sort of, he had, he was kind of bipolar. You know? Good cop. Bad cop, yeah, right. dictator. Yeah. Could you imagine a mugger like that? Like, hey man, give me your watch, uh, but here's a hundred dollars for the inconvenience. I, I do apologize. But, um, check, check this out. Just take this. I'm sorry. It's true. That is exactly. It's wild when you read these guys. They're, they're like the, my favorite nut job has to be. Kim Jong Un, right, right, <laughs> North Korea, mini me, uh, mini me, yeah, <laughs> with, with Kim Jong Il's mini me, right, with, yeah, with the picture of him with Dennis Rodman, oh, and, and you're right, guys, and you know he was all night long, he was like, oh my, I can't believe Michael Jordan sitting next to me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know Rodman's sitting there going, damn, I love your Gingham style song, <laughs> and not saying it. I, I would like to believe that he's just like a hardcore NBA fan and he appreciates the tough aspects of the game. Rebounding is so important to win games. You must out rebound to really the rebound ratio. Rebounding is so. Uh, you know, this, this is a true story. <laughs> no, can I do my bad impression for ten more minutes? Yes, finish. No, rebounding is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, I'm rebound style. I'm just doing Bobby Sabga. <laughs> no, rebounding is really. I just stole one of your bits. How does that feel? <laughs> On your own show, I stole one of your jokes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. You know, my favorite, there's a couple of stories. But then we got to get to his dad, too, real quick. To talk about. But the, my, my favorite thing about Kim Jong-un is, Last, like a year ago, I believe it was, last year I think it was, The Onion, which is, of course, the fake, you know, satire, unbelievable, brilliant comedy. They do mm, biting yeah. comedy, The Onion, right? It's realer than Fox News. But there, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, The Onion came out and named, oh, my phone again, during the show, every time. My, my, is that yours? That's not mine. Oh, that God, I almost like had a from, panic attack. Like a, from the fucking <laughs> like, 60s or yeah, something. This great. was my one shot. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. It's not my phone. So. I'm waiting for Superman to fly out the booth now at this point. <laughs> hey, this is... It's, it's, it's Kim Jong-un. He's calling. You, know, <laughs> calling. To, to, to you talk about me and my rebound. About the show. Are you yeah. guys talking about rebounding? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, are, we were. We were talking about how essential it is to <laughs> win the rebounding battle. Yeah. <laughs> and defense, and defense. <laughs> hey, we're on Liberty Avenue. That could be so good. Yeah, it's a book. Yeah, it's the Pistons. You want the Pistons to get the, the, whatever you want. But, but anyway, the the Onion. Uh, oh my I'm God! You, Somebody's fucking with me. No, 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 that's it's actually happening. Turn your old ass phone off. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Uh, who God. the hell brought their kitchen phone they to the show? The, or they answer the rotor, that shit. They brought the rotary phone bullshit. with them. It's got a really long cord. You know? <laughs> Jesus. 
I'm about to call. I'm about to call Bell Atlantic and make them cut that old ass phone off. <laughs> Bell Atlantic don't even exist anymore, but <laughs> with that phone they do. Somebody carry like a big phone in there. <laughs> anyway, give me the onion. The onion. <laughs> I'm waiting for the ring. Or was that in my head the whole time? Really, tell me. The onion put on the cover. They called him the sexiest man alive. It's a joke. Oh, right. That's well, right. wait. He took it serious. He did. He took it seriously. <laughs> and well, the so did, propaganda so in his Korea, country, yeah, they were, yeah North Korea, <laughs> the they released it, it like he's Clooney. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he thinks he was the sexiest man alive. According to the onion. But once a year, someone falls for an onion story. Like there was a story at the inauguration that had a drone flying over the inauguration, and some. Right-wing conservative group was like, I can't believe this is happening. I seen this on the onion while I was making snickerdoodles with my eight kids with rickets. And I, I just, I think this is wrong. It's the onion. It's the onion. Same guy's like, same guy. that onion is a sexy man. What, what you know, it's... His dad, though, Kim Jong-il. <laughs> Kim Jong-il, yeah. The king of crazy. Oh, yeah. Did you do anything with him? Oh, I did something. Did. Yeah, lots, it was of, brilliant. lots of stuff about I mean, him. In 2005, my favorite, I don't know why it's my favorite thing. Well, well, two things. My favorite. One was he said he golfed for the first time and had 11 holes in one and 18 holes. <laughs> <laughs> he said this. Yeah, then, then, that, then that waitress, Tiger Woods, slept with Bloom and his game went to shit. After that. <laughs> The other, <laughs> the, the other one, I don't know why he said this, what motivated him to say this, but he said he, in 2005 he came out and told everyone in North Korea he invented the hamburger. <laughs> Bold. I just thought that's wow. so cool. Bold. I would, because I thought I would do that if I was a dick. I thought Eaton Park, I thought Eaton Park oh, yeah. invented the hamburger. I, I misinformation. The ham what did you do when you was uh, one of your favorites? Well, you? let's see. You know, one time I, <laughs> he was, uh, you know, since, since he was always going against the U.N. resolutions, uh, one time I had him uh, trick-or-treating, and, and he was putting, like, a bag of poop on the porch and lighting it on fire and <laughs> uh, the U.N.'s porch and running away, you know. Um, so that, yeah, but I would, you know, I, I did ones of him, like, you know, s slim uh, pickings, you know, going down on the bomb and stuff like that from... from uh, uh, what was it called, uh, Doctor Strangelove? Yeah. Um, classic. But I did classic. do one. I did do one recently that yeah. refers to him with. Uh, it just shows Kim Jong Un with the, you know with the aviator sunglasses like his dad wore, and and in, in the reflection you can see the the nuclear bomb going off. You know the mushroom cloud, and yeah. and somebody behind him is saying he's got his father's eyes. It's <laughs> 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 classic. Yeah. It is classic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> This is, you know, we're, we're already winding down here toward, toward the end of the, the first podcast. We're, yeah, we, we're doing another one. We're, we're, yeah, I mean, every week <laughs> oh, you can on, download. And, uh, or, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're staying around. We're sticking around. Or, yeah, friends at the, you know, Sideshow, and it, it's going to be so much fun. And, you know, it, one of the reasons we got together, we, bond, we bonded so quick, this, this gang here. And, you know, I've known Rob forever, too. And one of the things that, that I knew this was going to work for us was the first time we met, we... I'm not kidding you. For an hour and a half on my porch, we talked about Sly Stallone <laughs> being the greatest actor that ever lived. <laughs> hour and a half. And we weren't high or drunk. We were really serious. <laughs> and, and 
Doc got the Rambo. And uh, I get, you got to tell the story. Uh, I, I laugh. Talk out the real yeah, Rambo one and two, greatest movie. He should have got an Academy Award for both. I agree. That's Academy Award movie. But we start talking about Rambo one, First Blood, and Johnny tells this story so emotional that I almost pissed. Uh, I love Sly Stallone and almost anything. But I was uh, I I travel like thirty weeks a year on the road. So when I I flip a lot of channels when I'm in the hotel, and I I click on First Blood. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can't not you, you look at it. it. And, yeah, uh, it's beautiful stuff. And then you're, then you're really into it, and you're invested emotionally. <laughs> and then at the end of it, you know that scene in First Blood at the end, after he blows up a bunch of shit, <laughs> yeah. and he's in, like, the cop station? You're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> <laughs> That's how we talk. Yeah, like, he blows up a lot like of shit agreed. and then ends up in the police station. <laughs> and his, like, commanding officer from Vietnam was in there with him, and uh, I call it Vietnam. Because <laughs> so, that's the only one he talks to, the commanding so officer. He talks to the commanding oh, officer. So at the end of it, at the end of it, he's just, like, so emotional, and he does that whole thing about, like, uh, um, he goes, it's over, Johnny, you can't do it. He goes, it is never over! <laughs> it is not over! <laughs> And then he starts talking about watching his friend get his, like, arms blown off from a landmine. And he's like, and I'm in a hotel room in, like, Evansville, Indiana, crying. <laughs> like, literally, tears. Are, like, I'm crying. It got emotional. It got, it got a little bit emotional. And I, I'm not, a, I'm unapologetic about it's crying. A, it's an during Rambo's a Rambo. <laughs> he, touch, he touches your heart, Rambo. It did touch my heart on many levels. We went that day. I kept this list. There's my our list of Rambo, movies uh, that he should have gotten Academy Award for. <laughs> if they gave one for grunting, if they, they should give Expendables it, yeah. two, yes, Academy Award. Yeah, I agree. It's, you agree? I'm to, lukewarm I agree with on you. that. Uh, Bullet to the head, Academy Award. I agree. <laughs> Rambo one and two. Well, Rambo, you know what's amazing about Rambo 1 to me is the whole movie was because the guy couldn't get a goddamn sandwich in a diner. Like, the whole <laughs> reason he's all blowing he up shit wanted. and killing people was because he That's just wanted a sandwich. That's all he wanted. That's can all I, he wanted was a fucking eat sandwich. In your town? Like, I'm yeah. like, you can't get his yeah. man a sandwich? He, uh, and the crazy thing is he didn't get picky. He wasn't like, look, man, I need this turnover <laughs> with eggs over easy on rye bread with turkey meat, fresh turkey meat. I want you to go in the back and kill the turkey. He didn't do that. No. All he asked for was a Lunchables sandwich. It wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, one, uh, no, it's, it's, it's a Rachel turkey. <laughs> it's a Rachel. <laughs> a chip tan panini. I said it's a Rachel. Isn't, isn't the more surprising thing that he actually did win an Academy Award for Rocky? I he mean, did. The, well, the movie, that, the movie you got Everybody yeah. gave him. You got to give Rocky. You find that right? amazing? That was the no, I mean, the I mean, when you look at the rest when of his career. you look career, at the body yeah, of work. Yeah, the volume yes. of work. It's amazing. But that, but that movie know, was fantastic. He wrote yeah. that, and it's, you know, of course, based on another man's life, which <laughs> the guy came back and sued him for money. And, Why, uh, Saki and I do, a, do a, a scene from Rocky when he plays Adrian, it will bring you to tears. <laughs> mm, Talk about emotional, right yeah. yeah. I thought he played fun. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> Rachel! It's a Rachel! It's no! A, no! <laughs> I said waffle fries. What? I said waffle fries. I'm going to the woods. And he went. All he wanted was a sandwich, man. <laughs> Cliffhanger, Academy Award. Oh, yeah, he killed Leon in that one. Agreed. Leon's the coolest actor. He don't even got a last name. It's just Leon. Tango and Cash, Academy Award. Yeah. <laughs> but we just... 
best, Russell, best, best supporting, supporting actor. actor. Kurt, Russell. Kurt, Russell Kurt Russell gets Russell. best oh, actor in man. that one. Ants, the voice of Weaver. Oh, God, that was so amazing. Animation Academy Award. Yes. That was the most amazing performance ever in a movie through Ants. I am so excited. Rambo <laughs> 5 is coming out, too. So we're, we're, we're gonna Ram- You didn't even say Rhinestone. I heard the whole list. Not one time. Right. Come on. Okay. Dolly Parton. Yeah, you got to say Cobra. So that's a cult classic. A, a lot or of when you're real high. Well, Cobra yeah. was a... A lot of people don't know, Cobra was a rewrite of Beverly Hills Cop. Stallone was supposed to be in Beverly Hills Cop, but he wanted it to be more violent. So they well, replaced him with Eddie Murphy. So Cobra is the long oh, version God. of Beverly Hills Cop. Can you imagine? So we could do Cobra. Yeah, Cobra. You know what? I really don't like this right now. I'll try to get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I, I don't like this grocery store. Why would we go to another one? You know what? There's so many grocery stores around here. I wanna, <laughs> because I want to raise you. That's our show. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Jim Crane, no restrictions. Thank you. Special thanks to Star Chevrolet, Nissan, and Greensburg. Let's hear it for Terry Jones, John Evans, Mike Wysocki, Rob Rogers of the Post-Gazette, Corey Gale, our sound engineer, Josh Folio, our producer. <laughs> David Sutton, our executive producer. <laughs> Frank Mergy, producer and head of social media. <laughs> Special thanks to the Sideshow Network. We will see you next week. <laughs>